millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome back everybody to Pick a Flick, the podcast where you pick a film and we talk about it. Simple. I'm your host, Tony Black, and I'm joined again by Mr. Andrew Brooker for our part two examination of the DC Extended Universe. We began with The Dark Knight Rises, we carried on with Man of Steel, and now it's time to pick a flick you've all been waiting for. Batman vs Superman Dawn of Justice is a 2016 American superhero film featuring the DC Comics characters Batman and Superman, distributed by Warner Brothers. It is a follow-up to 2013's Man of Steel and the second instalment in the DC Extended Universe. The film is again directed by Zack Snyder, with a screenplay written by Chris Terrio and David S. Goyer once again, and stars Ben Affleck as Batman, Henry Cavill, again as Superman, Amy Adams, Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, Diane Lane, Lawrence Fishburne, Jeremy Irons as Alfred, Holly Hunter, and I never say her name properly, Gal, Gal Gadot, I think is how you say her name. I've got no idea, that's pretty much how I've been saying it. <laughs> I'm uh, assuming she's not like British, where it'll be Gal Dot. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and kind of trying to put an accent on it as much as my sucky South London accent can go into French. <laughs> I think I've got as best as I can do out of that there. Um, She, of course, plays Wonder Woman. Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice is the first live-action film to feature both Batman and Superman together, as well as the first theatrical film to feature live-action portrayals of Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Cyborg, and The Flash. In the film, and this is a very basic synopsis, criminal genius Lex Luthor, obsessed with defeating Superman, manipulates Batman into preemptively battling him. It's a very, very, very thin synopsis. There is a hell of a lot more to that story. Um, but for now, let's have a, um, let's have a little clip of um, the brand new uh, Batman in um, intense action. You're going to go to war. That son of a bitch brought the war to us two years ago. Jesus, Alfred, count the dead. Thousands of people. What's next? Millions. He has the power to wipe out the entire human race, and if we believe there's even a 1% chance that he is our enemy, we have to take it as an absolute certainty. And we have to destroy him. But he is not our enemy. Not today. 20 years in Gotham, Alfred. We've seen what promises are worth. How many good guys are left? 
How many stayed that way? Yes, I meant intense conversation there, but uh, but there you go. It was in June 2013 that um, Warner Brothers announced that Snyder and Goya would return for a Man of Steel sequel, and everyone considered in 2015 that the sequel would show itself and it would be a pure sequel to Man of Steel. But then the month after, Snyder confirmed at San Diego Comic-Con that the sequel would be a Superman versus Batman for the first time in cinema, which is, a, of course, a huge comic book event that people have been you know, playing around with, with doing for years. Back in the 90s, Wolfgang Peterson was close to doing it. There was, there was a script. There was a few scripts flying out there. I think Andrew Kevin Walker, who wrote Seven, did a script years ago for this. And it, it is online. And so it, it happened, potentially happened a few years ago, but it didn't. Goya and Snyder would co-write the score, story with Goya writing the script. And Christopher Nolan involved in an advisory role as executive producer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> advisory being probably, he was probably told it was happening and that's it. You can imagine. Snyder, on how Batman came into the film, said, After Man of Steel finished and we started talking about what would be in the next movie, I started subtly mentioning that it would be cool if you faced Batman. You're in a story meeting talking about, like, who should Superman fight if he fought this giant alien, giant alien thread Zod, who is basically he's equal physically, from his planet fighting on our turf. You know who to fight next. But I'm not going to say all that when I took the job to do Man of Steel, that I did it in a subversive way to get Batman. I really believe that only after contemplating who could face Superman that Batman came into the picture. Could, just picture him saying that in the kind of, yeah, well, I was thinking, yeah, let's do this. That's cool, Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In that in that fifteen year old hasn't really got much of a vocabulary kind of way. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, so that's that's basically the genesis of it. You know that they they once that once Superman once Man of Steel had come out and they they knew that Batman was finished with Nolan. They went well, let's kick all this off. Really, Marvel are creating this DCU, this MCU, as we should say, and it's been hugely successful. You know, let's get a slice of the pie. The big question, obviously, everyone's asking is: We've been waiting two or three. We've been waiting three years for this film now. It's probably the most anticipated, one of the most anticipated films. In fact, the probably the most anticipated film after Star Wars for years. Is it any good? <laughs> <laughs> Best response ever. Well, imagine you're one of those that's been looking forward to this film for three years, and then you go and see that. <laughs> Oh, wow. I really wanted it to be good as well. (laughs) (laughs) Did you think it would be? I mean, did you honestly think it would be? No, but (laughs) mainly because of Zack Snyder. Do do you remember the rage when it was announced that Ben Affleck would be Batman? Yes, I do. Mm. It it was insane. The only time I've ever seen anything like that was when Heath Ledger was cast as the Joker. Yeah. And I remember the entire world going, well, that'll be shit. And I think I said it as well. Well, that'll be shit. You can't beat Jack Nicholson. And, of course, we're all proven wrong. Mm. But, of course, everybody's going, well, why have you cast Daredevil as Batman? And the people that, you know, not people like you and me that know a little bit or Mm. know a lot, you know, I don't know a lot, but, you know, but I know that Ben Affleck had nothing to do with the making of Daredevil. The poor bastard just happened to be in quite a shit superhero movie when everybody was churning out shit superhero movies. Well, the sad thing about that, though, as an example, is that he he's a massive fan of Daredevil, and he, yeah. he, he's been a fan since he was a kid, and it was kind of his dream superhero to play. So I, I kind of feel sad for him there, because he, he said a few years after that that he, he'd, 
Daredevil had inoculated myself from ever playing another superhero until Batman came along. Yeah. And it, it was a shame because, yeah, it wasn't his fault. I, I spent a lot of time actually like defending the decision. So, you know, and I remember saying, you know, Zack Snyder's making this film. It's going to be crap. Please go look at Man of Steel. This film is going to be crap. Yeah. But Affleck as Batman is a fantastic idea. And I guarantee you it works because, you know, the, the guy doesn't matter. He's not a little actor anymore. He's, you know, he's an Oscar winning director. You know, he knows how to get a good performance. He knows how to give a good performance and he will be amazing. Turns out he's the best part of this whole film. Without question. He, he is totally the reason to watch it, really. Him and Alfred. Yes, definitely. It's interesting as well that Chris Terrio was one of the writers or the writer of Argo, which was a great film that Affleck, of course, directed. And I think he, he would have been probably principally responsible for Chris Terrio coming on and doing a script polish. And yeah. he's been involved in Justice League Part 1, although curiously he's not involved in Part 2, which makes me think he's fucking sick of Zack Snyder by now. Ain't we all? Well, <laughs> and David S. Goya, who is pretty much a hack. I mean, you know, any, anything good that he's got his name on, he's, he's not because of him, really. You, you only have to look at, at the Dark Knight trilogy. It's Jonathan Nolan and Christopher Nolan who are the ones I would put money on who made those, those films good in terms of writing. It's not Goya. No, and, well, I I uh, I done a, a little bit of I was writing an article today actually talking about like comic book TV and one of the things I brought up was do you remember the Blade TV show? Yes, I do. All on his own, mate. That was David Goyer, and yeah. it was fucking ghastly. Shit. Yeah. I mean, I know he he had a hand in writing the films as well, but you also had you know people like Guillermo del Toro making the films, right? So. You you you're exactly. okay with people like that, but yeah, all all on this top, mate. He makes some awful, awful stuff. How that dude is still working, I do not know. Well, be, be, because he, he all his films make money, and the, all yeah. the films he's associated with make money. Man of Steel, he wrote with Snyder, and that says everything. That says it all, really. Yeah, I would argue that this film is slightly better written than Man of Steel, and it's probably because of Chris Terrio, not by much, admittedly, but you know. A little bit, but no. Going back to Affleck, he is the best thing in it, and I know I, I would I would go as far as to say that he's possibly, potentially in its early days, but he's possibly the best Bruce Wayne in because or he could be the best Bruce Wayne because like we talked about the, earlier with the comparison to the Dark Knight Rises, it's really interesting to come into a Batman where he's done everything. You know, he's he's fought all the villains before, and you know he's presumably lost Robin because there's an in, in suggestion that Robin's been killed by the Joker in yeah. this so there's a lot that's happened he's been doing it as alfred says at one point he's been doing it for 20 years he's fought everybody in theory he's fought the riddler he's fought the penguin he's fought catwoman all these people they're all in his past and they could crop up again presumably because they're probably all still alive but or they're probably on arkham asylum or something and he's got to a point where he's got nothing else to really fight for anymore and that's when when superman turns up and you get the you know it's interesting they open the film with ben affleck and they open the film with bruce in metropolis and it's very 9-11, isn't it? It's, very, it's a really well-made action scene, though. It is It is pretty good, yeah. Him, him getting to it, it, the bit in Metropolis, I mean, it's like you could call it Ground Zero. Yeah, yeah. Him, him getting to that part of Metropolis in, in his little motor is a really, really good action scene. Yeah. You know, it's like a little, a tiny little chase scene for the first couple of minutes of the film. It's really well done. Yeah, there are there are some decently staged moments in this, you know, and, and that's why 
You know, I'll, I'll go out there straight away and say it's a better film than Man of Steel. Not by much, but it's a better film. And, you know, it, it, Affleck has got a lot to do with that because immediately he's a very maudlin, tortured Bruce Wayne in a different way we've seen them before. You know, Michael Keaton was very urbane as Bruce Wayne. He was very urbane and relaxed and, you know, yeah. a bit tortured, but it never really came across. Bruce, Christian Bale was just angry. You know, he, he was... He was he, he would flip from being the the loose playboy to being just a very angry broken Bruce. This guy is just fucking fed up of it all, and he's just at the point now where he's he's he could quite easily probably just give it up at this point, yeah. and then he's and then he finds a reason to carry on, and ultimately, you know, it's a flawed reason in that he sees the wrong guy as the villain at first. Yeah, um, but it's a great character story for Batman in this, and for Bruce Wayne, and and that just what that's what carries the film through for me. Yeah, I think it's interesting that the first, obviously, the first scene in the film is is Bruce Wayne, and it's him going through the uh, the chaos of Metropolis while the end of Man of Steel is happening. But I think what's interesting is because obviously he's set up as the hero, he gets the guy out from under the rubble and he saves a little girl. But it's not Batman that does the saving; it's Bruce Wayne that does the saving. Yeah, and I think it's an interesting way to an interesting direction to take that character. You know, he he hasn't he doesn't have or need his mask for that. He just knows he needs to do it. Well, it, it, it's very much about... It, it's it's not... The film isn't really about Batman, is it? No. it it's about Bruce Wayne, and it's about his his character, and the suit, the suit is just what he puts on to fight, you know? And there's and that's really interesting, and in that Affleck gets a lot to do as Bruce Wayne, and he gets to play that character. You know, he gets, the, he gets a very brief moment where he's playing the Bruce who is the cocky, in, entitled shit... You know, yeah. mainly in the scene where he's talking to Clark Kent and they're both, you know, and then Luther's coming in and, and being Luther and all that stuff. But mostly he's the he's the angry, the, the guy who thinks that he's the guy who's got to stop the bad guy, you know, yeah. and that no one else is going to do it. And then and you've got the you've got the great interplay between him and Jeremy Irons, who's terrific. He's really droll and, you know, and dry. He, he makes what he I mean, he's, he's fairly well written, Alfred, but Irons just makes it better, doesn't he? Yeah, he's. I think he's actually been really, really well cast. Because yeah. to be honest, when they said Jeremy Irons was going to be in, it, I was annoyed he wasn't going to be Lex Luthor. <laughs> that would have uh, that would have been good. But you know, Jeremy Irons as, as Alfred, I think it's it's inspired, and yeah. they do this this really cool thing because I didn't realize actually until I watched Gotham, the TV show, hmm. that Alfred was ex Army or ex Special Forces. Yeah. And it's not mentioned at all in this film, but what you do see if you're looking for it or you notice it is he's wearing a lot of uh, old school kind of army sweaters. Yeah. Uh, and you go, oh, oh yeah. And if you don't know, it doesn't make doesn't mean anything. If you don't notice it, you're not missing out on a single thing. But when you spot it and you know why it's there, you're like, oh. mm, mm. and because he's you know he's more than just the butler in this one, isn't he? He's he's the Lucius Fox of this. He's, yes, he is. Yeah. He's yeah. Batman's weapons maker as well. He's his Q, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he is just—he is amazing in it. He's great. It's him. Those two steal the film. Those two are the best thing in the film. I could have happily. I mean, it's why I'm really looking forward to the Batman now. The actual film that's that's um, presumably that rumours is that Ben Affleck's going to rock direct as well. And I'm really I'm really up for that now because I think put these two together, they work really well off each other. And they're yep. they're a great pairing, you know. They might they could end up being my favourite actually. Yeah, and he's a as like I said earlier, he's a spectacular Oscar winning director. Yeah, you know the the guy knows how to make a good film. He does. And, 
you know, I I would be really excited for it. I would be interested to see how it plays out. Like, cause obviously I mentioned earlier that we get Suicide Squad and we know there's him versus the Joker and at least part mm. of that. Mm. So obviously we can't know anything about Batman in the film until that's played out and we know where in the timeline that happens. Because you can you can bet your bottom dollar that the Joker will Jared Leto's Joker will be the villain in the Batman. You could yeah, I would put hard cash on that. Absolutely, but I think it will probably. I reckon it will be set before Suicide Squad. Possibly, mm. it'd be it'd be interesting how they do it. But I think that's that's pretty much the whole highlight of this film. Those two, everything else, I just felt like Zack Snyder had not learned any lessons from Man of Steel. And the, even though this was more interesting in the sense that there's there's stuff going on. At the same time, there isn't anything going on. You know, the the plot is a mess because it doesn't go anywhere for a long time. There's so much dithering. Interestingly enough, I came out of the cinema and I said, I said to my friend Matt Latham, who I went to see it with, I said, I think I saw lots of little kids, and I thought, I said to him, I bet a lot of those kids were bored. Yeah. Because because for a lot of this film, there's nothing going on. That they're, they're just there's just a lot of conversations in rooms. It took an hour and forty minutes for the versus bit of Batman versus Superman to appear. Yeah. An hour and 40 minutes. That's a whole film before I get to the actual part of the film I wanted to see. Yeah, the point of the film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. You know, and you, and you think to yourself, well, what, what's it all been? It's mainly all been, again, putting all the pieces together that form the DCU. It's not about this film. This film is about the next bunch of films. You know, and, and that that's, that's... It's a problem that Age of Ultron had, you know. And yeah, it, it's the it's same kind that. of issue. It's got that point. Age of Ultron had it, and uh, uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two had it as well. Mm, yeah, that kind of. Yeah. It wasn't a film; it was a giant PowerPoint presentation <laughs> to explain to you how the next seven films were going to happen. Exactly, exactly. You know, and I, 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 but much as I like all the Marvel stuff, majority of the Marvel stuff, I'm the first person to turn around and say Age of Ultron was really misconceived because it did too much, and, th- and oh, this, yeah. and this is the same problem. This does. Too much, and and it, it, it's just that I, I don't have an issue with the DCU at all, right? I think in theory it could be fine. You know, I mean, I I would I've always thought that the DC Comics universe has much much more interesting characters than the Marvel universe, but the difference is Marvel have have done this the right way, and, and you know I, I understand why DC why the DCU are doing it differently, and that they're they're basically throwing everyone into the pot at once and then going to ripple them all out over successive years. I get that they're doing it in the flip side. But there's a reason that Marvel didn't do that, because it's better storytelling to actually build people up to an event instead of having a massive event. And then, quite honestly, to be fair, you've only, you've only got, I think it's one or two films before the next big event. It's only Suicide Squad and Wonder Woman. And then you've got Justice League, which is going to be huge. And you think to yourself, well, where's the build up here? You're, you're, you're the thing based... you have to remember there as well is Suicide Squad probably isn't canon to most of this. It's a completely different story to everything else. Right, well, there you go. Again. So the only probably canon thing will be Wonder Woman, and half of that, by the sound of it, is set in the past. Yeah, it's going to be an origin film, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're pretty much going to... And, you know, the, and we're going we're gonna to spoil things here, okay? So a warning. But you, presumably, the entire beginning of Justice League will be Superman's resurrection, you know, for yeah. whatever whatever it is. You know, because obviously he's going to come back from the dead. But, you know, that's that's probably not going to happen until Justice League now, which will be the next technical sequel. 
So you think to yourself, well, immediately it's all rah, massive stuff. And it doesn't feel like you've got any time to breathe. And this film, I just kept thinking, there's so much here, but there's nothing to it. There's nothing connecting any of it up. There's nothing that I care about. You know, again, Superman is just a miserable fucker all the way through, right? He's just really dour. And Henry Cavill does not look like he's having fun at all. No. You know, he, he doesn't spend, he spends most of the film as Superman for a start, so he doesn't get any real chance to shine as Clark Kent. And he doesn't say much for a lot of it. He just stares into the middle distance, so he'll just be listening to people like Martha Kent giving him some advice or, you know, and you think to yourself, well, what, why, why should I care about the, the battle ultimately? And I didn't. And, and because, no. mainly again, because it's so contrived as well. Yeah, it just, the, the whole getting to the verses bit just seemed, okay, it was forced. It had to be forced because there was no reason for it. Yeah. You know, well, okay, well, you've got, you've got Batman and you've got angry Batman and Batman is focusing his anger on, on Superman because he thinks he's the bad guy. That's fine. But Superman doesn't think Batman's the bad guy. Mm. He thinks he's an arsehole because he's branding people, <laughs> you know, but this, you know, this is what we said before. This is old. I've had enough of this Batman. So mm. yeah, he's, he's branding people before he puts them away. And that is a bit, hardcore but okay but there's there's just there's no reason for for the the versus part of this film at all there's no outside of because we need to get them in the same room together to fight doomsday there's no point to it at all and actually i was i didn't think i could be bored you know two superheroes beating the snot out of each other i shouldn't be bored and there was me falling asleep. Yeah, I, I yeah, I know. And I was, I was there going. You know, I, there were components of it I liked. I liked, I did like the fact that Batman managed to construct a suit that meant it was a fair fight for some of it. You know, I mean, they they did manage to smack down, and you know, because in theory it was a one way, it's a one way fight completely. Yeah. And, and it, at the start it begins that way. Superman's just smacking him around and all this, and then Batman's suit kicks in properly, and you yeah. can have a proper fight. And you know that that was good in the sense, but. And it's cool that they actually managed to do it properly. Because to be honest, every advert, every trailer I've seen for this has made me look at it and go, this is going to be shit. Mm. Well, the trailers... Yeah, the trailers did not look good. They were horrendous. I mean... Even, you know, because it didn't look like Batman. It looked like Iron Man in a black (laughs) suit. (laughs) (laughs) It was going to be ghastly. It was... Yeah, I know. And, you know, so so they did it as effectively as they probably could have done. But it's... The point is that there's no emotion to it. I mean, and the whole thing is, I mean, Superman, to his credit, does at least try and talk to him before it happens. Yeah. But the whole thing could have been avoided with a, with a simple conversation or, or or more conversation between them in advance. You know, and it's, it's just, it's that whole thing of, I mean, Lex Luthor. I mean, I didn't think it was it was possible to get Lex Luthor worse on screen because much as Gene Hackman is a great actor, his Lex Luthor was, was dodgy. Kevin Spacey's Luther, and Kevin Spacey's a great actor, but his Lex Luthor was a bit dodgy. This guy, I mean... Both of them look award-winning compared yeah. to Jesse Eisenberg, I don't know. He was bloody awful. And, you know, I quite like Jesse Eisenberg as an actor. But, God, they just so fouled up Luther because he's just so grating all the way through. And, again, his plan, again, makes very little sense. You know, he, he basically just puts his plan together as it 
as it happens. Oh, I found. Oh, I'm inside the ship. Oh, okay. I've got Zod. Oh, all right. I'm like, well, well let's resurrect him then. Let's see what happens. <laughs> and he's, you know, he's just like, okay, all right. Oh, just and the whole thing is just so. And then, then as well, you've got you've got script writing and plotting that is just the kind of thing that if you went to a script writing seminar or, or you you studied script writing, you would be told is really bad script writing, which which is the whole thing of putting in all these sequences that are about, as we said earlier, are about the future films. The big one being the massive dream slash future slash alternate reality, whatever it is, sequence where Batman's in the desert, the apocalypse. Terminator desert, sequence. The Terminator sequence. And, and, and <laughs> I I was sitting there thinking, well, where's this? What What's happening here? You know, and and it, I, I didn't fully understand any of it until I read several articles today that have basically explained all the stuff. You know, and if you go and seek them out, there's a lot of stuff that you need to know the comics quite well. But there's a lot of stuff they've put in those sequences, and and the one afterwards, which is the Flash appearing to him from the future, and I didn't even know who that was. I was like, who no. is that? You know, I, I had I, no idea. I, I made an educated guess after having watched the TV show. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but but that's it. I mean, I think that's a big problem with this this uh, this film. And if you take the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a as an example. Every film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has nods to the comic books yeah. and has has nods. But a bit like the thing I said earlier with Jeremy Irons and his his army jumper. If I don't notice it, if I don't get it, it's not going to ruin my film. It's right. not going to ruin my experience of the film. This, I started going. This is ten minutes of just, and it, it reminded me of the. Terminator dream sequence in Terminator 1. Yes. I'm, I'm sitting again, why is this happening? I don't understand a fucking thing that is going on on the screen. Yeah. And when it turns out that actually you're only really going to understand it if you know the comic books, that shouldn't be happening. No, it shouldn't. You can't do that to a film that you're selling to everybody. Yeah. I mean, you know? it baffles me why that wasn't, why that wasn't a, a post-credit sequence. I mean, the, that would have been a perfect post-credit sequence, wouldn't it? Really, you know, you, you've got you, you cut to Batman there, big smackdown, big fight. He wakes up, the Flash appears. Oh, look, Lois Lane, blah blah blah. Too soon, but gone. And then Bruce Wayne's just there, going, "Fuck, perfect." Yeah. That would have been a great post-credit sequence. Why is it in the middle of the film? You know, there's been some arguments about how, oh, you know, the whole idea is that it's making the point that the Flash appears too soon because he appears before all this stuff has happened and you know the the whole the whole inference is when he says you were right about him you know fear him fear him he's talking about superman when he's not talking about superman at all you know the flash is talking about whatever's coming you know that luther yep. talks about so it's it's the, the point of it being there is because it's trying to emphasize the whole idea that superman's bad but we know he's not bad and the whole the whole idea is that that they try and get across in this film that's why holly hunter's in it mainly is yeah the whole idea that Superman may be seen as a godlike figure to some, but can we trust a man who has ultimate power if he doesn't hold by the law? And, you know, that's, that's not a bad moral idea. It's not a bad quandary to put into a superhero film, you know, it, especially in this day and age where yeah. people are terrified of, of powers they don't understand and, you know, alien immigrants and you know, <laughs> all this stuff. You know, I understand well, it. I understand it from a contemporary point of view. You mean like the uh, the completely pointless and for no reason other than it's pulled straight out of the newspaper scene in the Middle East at the beginning of the damn film? 
<laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, you know. Mm. And this, but this is the thing. It's I understand why these things are there. The problem, I, I mean, but then you know, then Snyder again undoes it because of explosions. That yep. whole sequence where Capitol Hill blows up, how the fucking hell would that, is that likely to happen? How on earth would that guy have got a bomb in that building? It's just like, I, I'm, no. I was just sitting there thinking, this is, this is one of those twists that's meant to crank things up. I was just thinking, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't no. happen. I don't know what it was like at the, at where you went to see it, but my local Sydney world, when I was sitting watching it, did you have everybody sitting there pissing themselves laughing at the jar of piss? <laughs> No, no, I think everyone Everybody was just... Everybody behind me is in stitches. I'm looking at this going, is this really funny? Am I really, <laughs> am I really missing a joke? It's a jar of piss. It's a jar of piss. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's a film that takes itself seriously at all the wrong points, right? You know, and it, it's just, it's so sort of po-faced and, you know, earnest about everything. In that you, you just, you just want someone to point out, this is all a bit daft. You know, this is this is all just a little bit stupid, and the way it's being put across is all a little bit stupid. And by the time you get to a climactic battle, I mean, what the other thing is, the climactic battle isn't even Batman versus Superman. That's just the setup, right? That's just what needs to happen in order to get to Doomsday, which yeah. was just half an hour of the most boring, <laughs> just boring stuff I've seen in a long time. And the other thing was as well, which I didn't like, it just makes Batman look really shit. Because yep. a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. He can't do anything, can he? Really? No. He can't do much. They, they've put him in a movie with two immortals yeah and he they literally they make him look like the weak link and yeah, i think do. that's that's really sad in in a film that i'm sorry batman's your best character so far yeah i mean and I'm, that, ain't, that ain't taking anything away from wonder woman i thought she was awesome mm. i thought she i thought she was wasted and it would have been much better if they hadn't revealed who she was in the trailer well yeah it would have been a much bigger surprise when suddenly that photo turns up. And, oh, oh, fucking hell! That, that's true. If, if we didn't know that she was playing, well, that's absolutely a good point. Yeah, and, and and it would. I think I would have given more of a shit about her as well if we'd have had that movie first. You yeah. Know, if we'd have had her origin story like earlier this year or last year, and that we but know yeah, who she, she is, she just happens to be there. Yeah. And I don't buy it at all. I, I was just. I I just didn't. Yeah. I wasn't. Yeah, I, I mean, I I will. I've said I'm not particularly keen on, on on her, but I will I will reserve judgment on Wonder Woman because I think the film will be quite good. I've got I've got some I've got some good vibes about that actually. So I think I've, I will wait until next year to re- I'll reserve judgment. But in this, yeah, she just doesn't do much for most of it. She has the the terribly sort of crowbarred in way of us seeing the the future Justice League, you know, yeah. on the computer, and then she turns up luckily for the final oh, battle. That. 
that that computer thing, mate. I've never, I've never felt so ripped off at a film. All this talk of these, you know, because we all know, and I, I can never remember his bloody name. He's Carl Drogo from Game of Thrones. Aquaman. Aquaman. Jason Momoa. But that's the guy. Yeah, thank yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he's great, and I think he's a really cool actor, and as long as he doesn't do stupid things like bullet to the head, I think he'll be <laughs> fine. But all this this hype about all these guys that they're going to put into to Bats vs. Soup so they can kick off the Justice League, and three of them are reserved for YouTube videos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. That really, and to be honest, I think they, they there's a point that they wasted an opportunity. We could have had Aquaman appear quite legitimately at the end of the film. Yeah, yeah. Chasing after that spear. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I think we should have had Aquaman there. Okay, we get the flash in the, the little flashback thing. But yeah, I just thought, this. you've told me that these people are going to be in this film, and actually what you've done is you've given us a bunch of video links to, you know, just clips of these people. This is not, introducing characters this isn't how you introduce characters no no it's not and it's just the whole it's again it's just bad script writing it's bad storytelling it's amateurish storytelling and it's 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 fan baiting snyder going oh let's put these guys in here yeah because everyone's gonna love this you know it's like and, and i'm sitting here thinking i've paid to see this film right i haven't paid to see all the others yet right give me this film make me give yeah. a shit Make me want to see all the rest. And as it stands, the only one I do want to see is the Batman because I'm I'm genuinely interested to see where this Bruce Wayne goes and, and, and explore him, right? And not just because Batman's my favourite character. And he is. He's my favourite comic book character. I will hold my hand up and say that. He totally is. He always has been. But I feel... There, there, there are worse people to have as your favourite. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, 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 like you, I was very studious about Affleck because I go hot and cold on that guy. And... I was not sure this was going to work at all. And he thoroughly, thoroughly surprised me in a positive way. And I'm delighted about that. And it's great. And I'm really, really excited about him. The rest, I couldn't give a shit about. And I'm, no. I'm, I'm, I'm at the point by the end of this film, I'm thinking, you learnt nothing from the last one. This has got no depth again. The whole thing is just, you know, it's now being defended by a legion of comic book fans and a legion of people who are saying, oh, critics, crit- ignore the critics. They don't know what they're talking about. No, they do know what they're talking about. Because the reason that everyone's saying the same thing is because it's not good filmmaking. And ultimately, that's what we're watching. We're not watching a comic book. We're watching a movie. Watching a film where we're supposed to care about these characters so we keep watching again. Not an extended, like you said, an extended... What was it you said? An extended... PowerPoint. PowerPoint presentation (laughs) for the next 10 films. Marvel, Marvel don't do that. Marvel managed to tell individual stories. They don't always get it right. I'm not saying they do. They totally do fuck up sometimes. But the one time Marvel have tried it, they, we got Age of Ultron, and I think they learned pretty quick that they fucked up. Well, yeah. I mean, I think Joss Whedon knew as he was making that film that it that yeah. he was fucking up. But he, he, he was too far down the, down the line, really. And I think there'll be some really, really candid interviews with Joss Whedon in the future years where he, he, he explains exactly what, he, what was the problems. Yeah. He's already hinted at stuff. But but yeah, they, I think lessons will be learned, and I hope they will be. You know, especially for Infinity War. But yeah, it's just nine times out of ten they manage to to layer in all this extra stuff and to construct the bigger story without sacrificing telling this story. And this film doesn't do that, and no. and that's my biggest problem. And it ends with just this enormous climactic load of guff. 
and I'm left at the end with a with a moment that should absolutely soccer punch me, pardon the pun. But <laughs> but it doesn't and I'm just there thinking, well, I've not cared about this Superman yet at all in two films. So I'm not particularly fussed, if I'm honest. The problem now is not only do I not care about Superman, I'm very close to not caring about the DC universe at all. Yeah. And that's that's a real problem because I said in like December my my most anticipated film for 2016 is Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, you did. I remember that. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not not because it's DC. I, I love the guys in it. I love the idea of an anti-hero movie, and I love the guy that's making it. But if if we're going to get another two and a half hours of dog shit like we've just watched, <laughs> I, don't, please don't do that to me. Yeah. Please. <laughs> I know, and that's exact. That's exactly the problem. I hate to be. I really do genuinely hate to be so down on this stuff because I I love comic book movies. I really do, and I think I think it's a great medium. And I I'm I'm happy that we're at a stage where all these films do get made. You know, and it, it, I, I I hate to be this negative. And you know, a lot of people who know me and have listened to me lately will will say you you, you didn't want to like it. And you know what? I didn't know. I got I was I went into there with a point that it was already pissing me off for many yep. reasons. But I was hoping that I would come out of the film and go, do you know what? That was all right, actually. That wasn't bad. And in fact, I came out going, apart from one or two things, that was just as pointless an exercise, a very expensive exercise. Yeah. Isn't that, that's the thing though, isn't it? I go into film sometimes going, oh, this is going to be shit. And I'm quite happy to hold my hands up, whether I'm just talking to mates or I'm writing a review, I'm quite happy to hold my hands up and go, Okay, I thought it was going to be crap. It was actually really good. Yeah, you know, I was wrong. I'm I'm very sorry. Yeah. But here I'm like, I fucking knew it. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And exactly. I don't I don't want to be down on the film. I okay, I don't do it for a living, but I I love writing stuff for films. Mm. I don't I don't want to write shit. <laughs> I don't want to write that your film's guff. Yeah, you know, I'm I write for film stuff because I really enjoy it. Yeah, you know, I really enjoy watching films. Why would I want to write that your film was shit? Exactly. Nobody wants to do that, and it's it's just a shame. It just really is a shame. And it's you know, I I just I want I really want to get more excited about it all. I want to be. I just I just want to come to this. I want to be able to get to a point that. I'm looking forward to Justice League and I'm looking forward to Wonder Woman and I'm looking forward to The Flash and all the, and I'm not and I want and and, he, and the problem is that the guy making it is the reason you know yep. it, the other films are going to farm out to different people you know Patty Jenkins is doing Wonder Woman after several attempts to make like comic book films like she was on the Thor 2 for a while and to be fair she she has the last laugh there cuz Thor 2 Yeah was shy. she got away light with that one she <laughs> did right <laughs> But they should have they should have stuck with her and listened to what she was saying because I imagine she had a better vision than what actually happened. Yeah. So you know that could turn out to be quite good. It's got a good cast, Wonder Woman. It's got people like Robin Wright in it, you know, and 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 these guys, you know, it's good good people involved. You know, like this film, it's some terrific supporting actors. You know, people like Irons, Lawrence Fishburne, who was great actually all through it. You know, in the scenes he did get, he's always good. You know, I like yeah. his Perry White. You know, you've got you've got some good supporting actors, some proper actors propping up all the other people. I think one of the biggest problems with the, this DCU is that Warner have come into this far too late and gone, we need to copy the MCU. We need to get this big... And this is what we have. We have a list of the next 12 films coming out over the next five years. But, you what, know, but what they're doing is they're doing it all at once. 
you know, but this he, is the problem. They're shoehorning everything in, and they're not taking their time, and they're going to ruin it for themselves and for us doing yeah, that. They are, and you know, I mean, we say all this, but in in three or four days, it's made four hundred and fifty million nearly worldwide. Wow. You know, I mean, it's, so we're saying all this, but it doesn't change the fact that even though. All, most of the critics, it's got 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Most of the critics are saying it's it, shit or average at best. Yeah. People are just going in their droves. And, and it's, it's Batman versus Superman, and it was going to be a money spinner course, no matter what. It, it will probably be the first film this year to make the billion, you know, and, and I think it will make more than Civil War, to tell you the truth. You know, I, I, re- I really do, because it's, it's it, I would have, if, in, in, in hindsight, I would have made, I would have put Civil War out a couple of months later, actually, just to give a bit of breathing room, right? Because it's coming yeah. out very quickly, and it, there's, it's, I know it's got a built-in fan base, but even, the problem even, is it's got a built-in fan base that are getting a little bit sick of it. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> which which is why I mean I'm I'm you know I, I kind of think that maybe the reason Deadpool has made 800 million is because of you. But I, like, I think, yeah, I think I'm responsible for half the uh, for the box office. <laughs> but the reason that that's made 800 million is because people are loving the fact that it's a two fingered reaction going, fuck all this bollocks. Let's just have a bit of fun with it all. You know, but this, the other problem that Deadpool has actually caused, have you noticed this? Since Deadpool came out, there's been talk over and over again of we've got to make an R rated comic book film. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Batman vs Superman when it comes out on Blu-ray will be an R-rated oh, director's cut. Fuck off! It doesn't <laughs> fucking need it. Just yeah. because one 18-rated or 15-rated film makes a three-quarters of a billion pound, yeah, does not mean that every R-rated comic book film. Will. Look at Punisher Warzone for Christ's sake! It barely broke its budget. Yeah, and it was a pretty hard 18 rating that film. Exactly. The, the you know the reason that Deadpool was successful was because it was brilliantly marketed. It has it had a, a good a, a market a star who who was talking it up and who, who people like who's in vogue. It had a, a built in fan base who had been wanting it for years and it came at just the right point where it was cashing in on the malaise about traditional superhero films. It was like I've said this before, Deadpool is lightning in a bottle. It won't be repeated. It can't be repeated. And the, and this is where they will fall foul. And they, these these films, unless they have heavyweight guys like Batman and Superman, they will not. Make, I mean, Spider Man will make a ton of money next year because it's yeah. Spider Man, you know, and because it's new and fresh. But the, you know, it, it, they will still make money. But the problem is, are, are people really going to go and see the Flash and Aquaman? You know, in the same way, I don't think they are really. No. Because, I, I don't think they are, but I think the problem is because it doesn't matter how bad we say, it doesn't matter how bad critics say Batman vs Superman is. And okay, there might be this massive part of the fan base that thought it was a great film. That's fine. But the fact is, it's actually, okay, in my opinion, it's a very poor film. Mm-hmm. But it's made $450 million in two days. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter what critics say, all Warner see is a success. More of this, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. We're we're in for a rough couple of years, mate. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely with Zack Snyder at the helm, without question. And this well, he is... needs to fuck off. But you he know, needs... him and Michael Bay on a boat in a, into the, <laughs> into the ocean. Just leave the rest of us be. Yeah, just go off and make films on an island with all your 
you know, just get a load of robots that will do exactly what they want. Just let them make <laughs> films. It's it, it's the whole thing of of you know Snyder has positioned himself now effectively as the as the the Kevin Feige in a way of of yeah. the DCU. You know, at the very least, the Joss Whedon who had the creative control over the films around the Avengers films, even though I know he's, he's gone now, but he's more like the Fagy. He's more like the guy who will, who, because he's making them all this money, he will be the guy who goes, Oh, let's do all this. Let's do all this. And you know, and, there, and that's there's a real problem because he's going to have his fingers in every single DCU pie. And well, yeah. we don't want that. No, because he can't He but because he's, he's a visual stylist and I, I appreciate what he does. I mean, there are, there are moments in this film where he's nicely shot, uh, you know, at times I, I will concede that. Right, but he's purely visual. He has no depth, no substance, and these films deserve that, and they can have it because they are modern mythology. They, you know, and they. It, in the well, end, if you want to keep me interested for more than just one film, you need to have a bit of depth. Yeah, and you know, Marvel for all their color and gaudiness, they have that. Most yeah. of them have some depth, whether it's levity, whether it's fun like Guardians, whether it's you know very sort of. More, much more serious stuff or more, much more, you know, epic stuff. It's, it at least has those elements, you know, nine times out of 10. And DC is a darker universe really anyway. So I understand why that you would go in perhaps a slightly darker direction, but it doesn't have to be so relentless in terms of how dour and forced it all is. And I, I, does, I, does Aquaman really need to be dark? Exactly. And it will be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean the Flash. I mean, you know, if you look at the Flash TV series, and I've seen a bit of the Flash TV series, it's it's like it's really silly and daft and colourful. You know, yeah. can you really imagine these people making that kind of film? Now, the thing with the Flash TV series, it works well because it's basically a procedural cop show yeah. with with, yeah. with a super uh, a superhero at the helm. Yeah, you know, and it works like that. It's a, I'd actually quite. I quite like the Flash TV show. Um, yes, I do. I've got, I've got no issues with it at all. Uh, and I actually, I quite like, well, half now. I, I like half of the DC TV shows. Mm. I'm not a big fan of Supergirl or Legends of Tomorrow, but Flash and Arrow, I think. And Arrow's quiet. You know, some of it is quite violent mm. and, and really good. And that's the kind of level of violence I want out of Batman and yeah. Batman Superman, you know. The violence is there. It's not necessarily dark. What it is, is comic book. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. all I'm after. Exactly. And that, that, exactly. That goes to the to the numb of it, really. So, it's just really, really disappointing. And there have been some interesting conversations happening on social media about this. And there's been some feedback, you know, over the last few days we've put out. And we'll, we'll, we'll just look into a little bit of this before we, before we go. Um and get a few reactions from certain people who've um, talked on Twitter. You know, we've asked various questions. What did you think? Was it any good? Etc. Um, on Twitter, World of Blackout, at World of Blackout, said, uh, in inverted commas, troubled, certainly. I enjoyed it despite its laundry list of faults, which is uh, a decent that, way of putting yeah. it. He's a good reviewer, actually. His stuff's definitely worth reading if you, uh, if you follow him. I read all of his reviews. He's a good, funny guy. Ah, cool. Maybe I'll have to try and get him on the on the podcast. Consider consider this an invitation, World of Blackout. Uh, if you ever <laughs> want to come on, um, our mate Stacy Taylor at Stacy's Parlor uh, said uh, it has some major plus points. Affleck and Godot being two of them, and I think I'm in the minority about Wonder Woman. Actually, in fairness, 
but he's overall incoherent and messy. Luther is awful, awful in capitals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's a pretty uniform uh, answer about uh, Lex Luthor, though, and he is just fucking terrible. Yeah. Whether or not it's, I mean, I'm not Jesse Eisenberg's biggest fan, really, but whether or not it was Jesse Eisenberg written like that, I think he was fucking ghastly. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was, he was terrible. He was piss poor. She said he's like a pantomime villainy Joker substitute. Yeah. His, his motivations are sloppily executed and he's very overacted. I think she's spot on there, yeah. actually. Uh, Matt Latham, our friend Matt Latham at Zanmat said, um, better than the quest for peace. <laughs> Well, or, or as he calls it, the quest for peas, which is the name of our very first episode, actually. Big flick. But as I said to him yesterday, you know that's not hard, is it? Really, because that film's terrible. I think I think the winner on Twitter though is you for, uh, <laughs> for the uh, the picture of a very hairy ball sack, which you just a very long, very hair, very hairy ball sack. It was uh, it was only because I couldn't find a Good Morning Vietnam gift. <laughs> you ever seen Good Morning Vietnam? Yeah. He says he sucks the sweat from a dead man's balls. <laughs> Pretty much my go-to reaction for stuff that's shit. And I couldn't find a gift for it, so he said you just got Just balls. the most was... vivid balls picture, though, you could possibly find. <laughs> <laughs> and with the longest ball sack I think I've ever seen. Just picture this, right? I, I do things like that on Twitter quite a lot, <laughs> and I tend to do them from my iPad or my iPhone. All these images are saved in my poor iCloud's photos folder. <laughs> And no matter how hard I try, I can't get rid of them all. They keep reappearing. Brilliant. So it, <laughs> it's worth it for the for the funny factor. But if my wife ever goes through my iPhotos, she's going to wonder what the fucking hell I'm up to. <laughs> Please do that, Mrs. Brooker. It will be, be worth it. <laughs> On Twitter as well, we've had some uh, some interesting feedback. Our friend Leslie Byron Pitt just said uninspired. One word about the film. Whether he enjoyed it or not, I think you know. I, I imagine I knew Les wouldn't particularly enjoy it. Um, because he's got taste, really. No, no offense to people who um, who did like it. And one one person who did like it is um, Kyle West, and he's a big um, advocate of it. And he, 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 to be fair, he's he's come up with some really really good um, good arguments coming back about it. Really, we had a good conversation on um, on on Facebook about it, and you know he's uh, he, he he makes some some really good points. He read my review, which you can find on um, the Black Hole Cinema blog at. Uh, www.blackholepodcast.com which is our website he said Good review, thank you thank you very much but he said so much that I disagree with in there <laughs> although I anticipated every one of your complaints <laughs> all except Wonder Woman I didn't see your hate coming there he said that I'll concede you one point the metahuman stuff didn't need to be here I was fine with Flash showing up in the dream sequence flash forward although the costume he was wearing there probably meant no one other than fans would have known it was actually the Flash, which I think he's absolutely right about, because I didn't. The files that Wonder Woman watches during the final fight, though, absolutely unnecessary here, and could have waited until Justice League, considering that film will sell on the DC's Trinity involvement anyway. You're right, doing Justice League before we've had the Flash, Aquaman and Cyborg movies isn't right, but now I've seen Batman vs Superman, I can see how they'll make it work. He says, I can't buy into this idea that Snyder was just blowing shit up again, because he wasn't. Every fight scene in this movie served a purpose, unlike a lot in Man of Steel, which were just showing off. For me, Snyder did learn his lesson from the first film, and each action scene here felt like it was earned and had a reason for taking place. The three-stage final showdowns had a hell of emotional undercurrent to them, unlike anything the Marvel movies have really done yet, and I love those films. So, yeah, I, I, I can't agree with that, you know, and I respect his opinion, you know, he's, he knows a lot, Carl, he's, he's, he's a good guy, I respect his opinion a lot, but 
I just can't. I can't. I don't see how he has learned his lesson. No, I don't. I don't think he's learned his lesson. I think he's he's maybe picked up on one or two things that people bitched and moaned about, but I don't think he acted upon any of them. I think he's gone gone in and just gone. Well, no, you know, Man of Steel made a fortune. I clearly knew what I was doing. I've been given another film. I've now got Batman versus Superman. More of the same. This, you know, I've done it once. I'll do it again. I don't think he. I don't think he took anything from the complaints made about Man of Steel. Yeah. No, no. And it, so I, I disagree. But you know, I, everyone's got different opinions on this, and it, it's why it's so interesting. Really, I urge everyone to go and look at the uh, Foul Critics review um, from Owen Hughes. And uh, check that out because that's a really good review with some with some positives about Batfleck as we as we call him, um, which I think they're absolutely right about. Uh, Matthew Howell said, uh, "Nearing a disaster, I think. The more I've thought since seeing it, I do worry that for the extended universe side of it, Marvel took their time giving each character a film before the Avengers, but it looks like DC are doing the opposite with the Justice League films. Worrying. Affleck was the saving grace. He was great, and the IMAX sequences were impressive, but the film was a mess, a big loud mess. And yeah, I think I do agree with Matt there. And Finally, Matt Latham, our friend Matt Latham, again on Facebook said, um, when asked, uh, is it a triumph or a disaster? He said, neither. <laughs> he said, plenty of good <laughs> ideas on a dartboard, but Snyder can't play darts and ends up permanently mar- marking the wall that the dartboard is resting against. But by pure fluke, hits a bullseye with the Batman dart. And I said, that's got to be the most tortured metaphor yeah, ever. But still pretty. <laughs> Pretty accurate one, though. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) He came out with a brilliant response. I've got to read this to you because it's made me laugh. And I said, well, is that really a a big... Does that really make sense? And he said, there's a wall of dartboards and Zack Snyder has got darts he's supposed to throw (laughs) at the Dawn of Justice board. So he's got these really high-quality darts of characters and ideas that he's supposed to hit this dartboard with. The Superman dart hits nowhere near what it should and instead embeds into the void that is the wall. That mark caused by the Superman dart thrown by Snyder is always going to, going to be there, marking the wall. Repeat with Snyder throwing other darts, Lex, Wonder Woman, spoiler-named character, all hitting the wall and not the dartboard. In fact, his Lex dart probably flew out the window and injured a passerby for how much Lex was awful. <laughs> the only element that actually hit the board is the Batfleck dart. Um, but <laughs> and quite possibly, Snyder's love of destroying things makes me think he's deliberately marking the wall anyway, thinking it's art, when in fact it just makes him look shit at darts. And by, yeah. and by shit at darts, I mean shit at directing. I love it. I think he's right. I think that Latham has summed it up there, really. But yeah, I think the people are divided. I think that, that just goes to show our reactions have, have been that. And I think that will be continued to be the case, really. We're not going to know, really, for a couple of months. Probably, you know, Blu-ray release. Yeah. When Blu-ray comes out and people watch it for a second or third time and, and actually go, oh, maybe I was wrong. Maybe me being all excited over Batman, just, no, this is kind of rubbish. Sadly, I'm going to see it again tomorrow. (laughs) Maybe you'll come out and go, that was amazing. I was so wrong. Because I I snuck off to watch the midnight screening, I had to leave the wife behind, so I'm taking the wife to watch it tomorrow. That's fair enough. Maybe I'll come out of it and say, actually, it wasn't as bad. I doubt it. Maybe. I'm I'm almost certain I'm just going to come out of it and go, well, at least I had a comfy chair to nap in. (laughs) Or maybe this will be the film you watch 20 times. Oh, God. <laughs> that's uh, two and a half hours. That's far too long. At least there's no post credit scene for this one. Yes, to, to my surprise. I'm, I'm so glad, actually, I, I follow a couple of Twitter accounts, including uh, Film Clickbait, which before I went to see it reported that no, there wasn't a, a post credit scene. So the second the credits rolled, I was up and out because it was three o'clock in the morning. 
Yeah. <laughs> I need to get home. <laughs> You're like, please let this end. Yeah. <laughs> please let this be over. And with that, our podcast is over. This has been quite a mammoth edition of Pick a Flick. A big thanks, Andrew, for coming on and um, talking about the uh, the DC verse in all its glory. I thank you for having me on. It's always uh, always good to come on and chat with you, Tony. Thank you. It's been great. It's been really good. So, um, are you? About out and about on uh, Foul Critics, you had the live episode, didn't you, recently? Uh, the two hundred and second episode of Foul Critics. Yes, I was on the live episode for that, and actually, I'm recording the man, the the Bats vs Soups episode with Foul Critics tomorrow as well. So, oh wow, I I am about with them for a bit. Yeah, you're going to be talked out on this by Tuesday. I am. Well, this is kind of where it's going to be interesting because I could go into tomorrow's recording having just seen it for the second time with a completely different attitude i'm gonna if that happens i'm gonna look bipolar when both episodes come out <laughs> yeah it will be interesting it will be interesting let's see the difference there's a reason to listen to foul critics guys if you're not already which you should be let's face it any anywhere else we can find you right now uh no i just kind of tend to hang around on twitter at brooker 411 where i i just spout garbage about the films and tv i'm watching well always good garbage though Garbage worth your time. Um, <laughs> you're also going to be on the Xcast very soon, our other um, podcast. That's coming up in a few weeks. So um, keep an eye out for Andrew's thoughts on our 10th episode of the Xcast. And uh, yeah, we'll be um, we'll be back again for another episode uh, very soon. We're back to our regular picked flicks with some guest hosts. I've just popped back for a bit for this one. Um, I'll be off again doing my own doing my other things. But uh, yeah, you can find us at Pick a Flick Pod on Twitter. And uh, you can find us on Facebook at Pick a Flick. Please, you know, please let us know what you think. Please do subscribe to us on iTunes, and uh, you know, sign up, sign up there because we'll get noticed a bit more, and that's always great. And um, yeah, give us any feedback. We're part of the Black Hole Media Podcast Network, which is at Black Hole Media on Twitter and um, Black Hole Media on Facebook. We've got a group now, so you could join the group and be part of all the chatter that goes on there with me and Andrew and loads of other people, um, which is always fun. So, uh, so yeah. Come and get involved. That'd be great. So uh, a final thanks, Andrew, and enjoy Batman and Superman again tomorrow, if that's the right word. I will certainly try. (laughs) Good luck. You have my sympathy. Um, (laughs) But uh, until next time, guys, this has been Pick a Flick, where you pick the film and we talk about it. Simple. See you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.